Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Good morning, y'all. Can we give it up for Ashley? She celebrated everybody except herself. I love that about her, man. That's so good. Hey, thank you guys so much for coming and hanging out with us today. Like Ashley said, my name is Blake. If we hadn't had the pleasure of meeting, man, welcome. We're excited that you're joining us for a few minutes today. In the rain, too, right? Did anybody Is anybody like a rain singer or dancer? I saw that, that movie one time where it was like singing in the rain, and I never understood that, dude. I never understood, like, why he did that. But I've never been, I've always, Lauren, my wife, she picks on me all the time. She says, Blake, you get in the funkiest mood whenever it rains. I don't know what it is. I think, I, actually, I do know exactly what it is. My pants legs get wet. You know what I'm talking about? Like, whenever you walk in the rain, your pant legs get wet, and that's, I'm starting a message of gratitude complaining. Isn't that how we normally do this? Yeah. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're excited that you are here joining us today. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about just a few minutes what we're thankful for, about gratitude. How can we have it? How can we receive it? And how can we show it to others, right? Even in the midst of a crazy season like 2020 and rainy Sundays and all of the things that in our human disposition, the way that we would want to start out is complain about everything that's wrong. But instead, I want us to focus, and I want to challenge myself, right, for a few minutes today to say, no, 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 we're not going to think about all the things that are wrong. We're not going to complain about all the things that we could complain about. But instead, let's talk for just a few minutes on what we're thankful for. Now, I can't go into a Thanksgiving Sunday without telling you guys a story about one of the first times that I ever stood on a stage at Venture Church during Thanksgiving. In fact, I haven't told this story many times because it's so embarrassing to me. But you guys are my friends, and we're Gulf Coast family, so I feel like I can share this with you, and you won't go off and tell the whole world, which would be great. But the very first time that I ever had an opportunity to get on the stage adventure, I was serving at the Hunt Club campus, and I remember that this was the first time that I ever got to host, right? So this is the first time they ever gave me a microphone, which they're probably still regretting. And I got up on stage, and I was going to do the welcome, and they said, all right, Blake, just welcome everybody in, talk about Thanksgiving, what you're thankful for and then get off the stage, and let's go into worship. And I said, cool, I can do that, two minutes, 30 seconds, no big deal. So I did, I walked on, and one thing that you have to know is every Thanksgiving, I eat a lot of food. I eat so much food, it's my grandmother's cooking, it's so good, and then I drink her sweet tea. Now, I need to tell you all something about Mimi's sweet tea. It is heavenly. It's, I think, the word that they use is manna. It's the, it's the Hebrew translation for my grandmother's sweet tea, because it's that good. And so I was excited to tell everybody in the audience that day about how much food I ate and how much sweet tea I drank during the Thanksgiving holidays. So I walk out, and the very first thing I say to everybody is I say, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Venture Church. We're excited that you're here. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. If you're like me, then you ate too much and you drank too much. And (laughs) that was about the reaction that I got from everybody. Uh, I remember there was one friend, uh, his name's Tommy Griffin. He was sitting in the back, and his eyes just got as big as saucers. I missed it completely. I thought everybody knew that I was talking about my grandmother's sweet tea. And so I just kept on with the welcome, (laughs) and I walk off stage. And then during the message, Tommy comes out into the atrium where I am, and he's like, Brother, do you you understand what you did? I was like, Yeah, I was telling everybody Happy Thanksgiving. And he's like, No, you told everybody you got wasted at Thanksgiving. (laughs) And uh, so in the back end, I went out and I begged Byron, the campus pastor at the time, to let me come and do the closing as well. He was like, I just gave you the mic once. Why don't you need it again? I was like, please, just trust me. I need it one more time. And so I come out during the closing. I said, I need everyone to know that when I said I drank too much, I was talking about my grandmother's sweet tea. (laughs) 
And everybody, I think, forgave me for that blunder. But that was the very first time that I ever used a microphone or had an opportunity to be on the stage at Venture. And I will always remember it because it's Thanksgiving. And it's things like that that help create memories. And I think it's the same thing for each and every one of us as well. It's even the blunders of our life can turn into moments, right? Even the blunders and the mess-ups in our life can be things that we remember and we're thankful for because I am thankful for that opportunity to do that. And so today I want to talk to us just for a little bit about gratitude, about gratitude. What does gratitude look like in our lives, especially during a year like 2020? Because this year has been absolutely nuts. It has been crazy to try to, I think we went 11 weeks without having church. We're, we were meeting online, and I'm thankful for that season, but I, I'm even more thankful to be back together. But in the midst of COVID, what does it look like to be thankful? I mean, what are you thankful for today? For me, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for this campus. I'm thankful for the Lord and everything that he's done in our lives. But what are you thankful for? What are the things that kind of well up that, that feeling for you? And I'm going to come back to that word feeling because it's important, of gratitude. Because here's the thing that we have to notice, is that gratitude isn't so much an emotion as it is an action. Gratitude is not how we feel. It's what we do. We show gratitude. We are grateful. We are thankful. And so today I want us to go through a few things because maybe you haven't had the best year. Maybe 2020 for you hasn't been the year that you've been looking for. Maybe there's been a lot of hurt. Maybe there's been a lot of pain. And when I say, what are you thankful for? It immediately goes into this place of like, are you crazy? This is 2020 we're talking about here. There's nothing to be thankful for. There's nothing to give thanks for. The only thing that we can be thankful for is that the year's almost over. But I want us to flip the script a little bit because I think there is something to be thankful for. I think there's a way that we can show gratitude. Because here's the thing, it's not about feeling thankful. It's not about waiting on your emotions to catch up. Because feelings follow. Feelings follow the actions that we make. And so if we want to truly be thankful, go ahead and choose gratitude. And there's some things in scripture that we can look at today. In fact, there's three separate levels of gratitude. I bet you guys didn't know this. I didn't know this. Whenever I first started studying, I was saying, Lord, what do you have for our campus today? What do you want to teach us? And he said, I want, you to, te I want to teach you how to be thankful. I said, well, sure, God. I can say thanks after the blessing. I can say thanks, you know, for the cool stuff that I get. I can say thanks. He said, no, 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 no. There's a deeper level. There's another level of gratitude. There's a place that you can get to where no matter what happens in your life, no matter what difficulties you face, no matter what mountains are seemingly insurmountable in your life, there's a way to be thankful for it. And God shows that, that today. So we're going to start off in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6 through 10. But before we dive into that, I'd love to pray for us and our time together so that we could all receive what God has for us. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time together. Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would teach us how to have gratitude, Father, that you would teach us to be thankful, that no matter what storms may come our way or no matter what 2020 may bring, Father, we pray that we would be able to lean into you and to see how you are working in the midst of our chaos to bring about your glory and our good. And for that, we want to learn how to be grateful. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that I want us to see is there's levels of gratitude, right? There's levels to this. It's kind of like at Thanksgiving at dinner, you know, you got the kids table and then you got the table where all the teenagers sit and then you got like the, the old people where they sit, 
right? So like you've got the kids table over here, the table where everybody sits, and then you're like my grandfather where he doesn't pay attention to anybody, and he sits at the chair all by himself because he's just living his life, and they bring his food to him. There's levels to this. And so the first level that we can see with gratitude is saying thank you for the. This is the basic level of gratitude that we can have. It's what Moses was commissioning the children of Israel to see in Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is right before they're about to go into the promised land. So they've been marching around the desert for 40 years waiting for this moment. And so at the time when Moses is getting to the place where they're at the cusp of the promised land, this is what Moses says to his people. This is it. Check it out in verse 6. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience and revering him. Now, I love this. Remember this. Even when you're feeling down, even when you're feeling discouraged, remember verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. And when you have, taste, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. I love this verse because what Moses is doing here is he's setting a precedent for what it looks like when we receive good things from the Lord. He says, okay, this is what's about to happen. You've been wandering in the desert for 40 years and all of a sudden you are about to get slapped with blessing. You're about to get slapped with some good stuff. We are bringing you into a good land. We are bringing you into, God is bringing you into the place that he's been promising to you all along. But this is something that he realized. He said he realizes that a lot of times the children of Israel, many times, once they receive the gift, they forget the giver. That they receive what they have and they're like, yo, man, these pomegranates are really good. I think I'll like get some more. And completely forget about the giver. The children of Israel were notorious for this. Every time that they started to get something really, really good, they began to forget all about God. They started to focus on the provision and not the provider. And we're the same way. Without gratitude, this is the basic level of gratitude because Moses says this. He knows that God's gift only bring you joy when they're joined with your gratitude. It's a, it's a twisted game here when it comes to receiving good gifts. Because we'll want to think that we earned them. We'll want to think that they were for us. We'll want to think that this whole thing is about us unless it's joined with gratitude. If we don't have gratitude, we'll never understand the gift. I need to tell you a story about one time when uh, my wife and I, we have a two-year-old daughter. Her name's Henley Grace, and she is awesome, and she is running around everywhere right now. But before she was born, I remember this was our, our first child, and I remember the time where it was, it was the moment for us to go do the baby registry. You guys know what I'm talking about with the baby registry? I was so excited about this because they gave you this little scanner gun, and you got to, like, go to the store and scan everything that you ever wanted. And so we went in, like, Bed Bath & Beyond. We went in, like, Target, and I had that scanner, and I was scanning, like, everything in the world. I was like, yo, you think she's going to need this, like, random life-size teddy bear at a month old? I think so. What about an iPad? I think she needs this Xbox. I think all of these things are things that she needs. So, like, I just got super trigger happy. And I went through everything, started scanning, like, every fan, every piece of technology, every toy, everything in the store. So, finally, Lauren was like, yo, 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 Blake, you need to chill out. Stop. 
because she's not going to use any of this in the first probably 17 years of her life. So why don't we roll it back a little bit and try to get the essentials? I was like, sure, whatever. Behind her back, I would like go and scan like these things that I really, really wanted. Like this looks really cool. I scan this and try to be super sneaky about it. But here's what I realized. And, if, and for any parent, you guys know exactly what I'm about to say that there was something that happened during all the baby showers where the expectation that I had to receive the gifts, I was like, man, they're going to like crush this registry. I'm going to get exactly what I want. And then we ended up with a mountain of diapers. Literally, that's all we got. It was like mountains of diapers. And so I was like sulking on the way home from every baby shower because I was like, man, you know, I thought I was going to get this new Xbox or I thought I was going to get, you know, this really cool, I don't know, drone for my baby. And here I am with 17 boxes of diapers in the back of our car. What in the world is going on with this? But it wasn't until later when Henley was born, and it was the first four months of her life that I absolutely understood why we needed all those diapers. Because it wasn't until after Henley was born, after the revelation, right, where I was like, I will sell every one of those items on that registry if they'd have given me, if I could just have one more box of diapers. How in the world can this child who weighs 17 pounds possibly go through this many diapers? It can't be humanly possible. But in that moment, I became immensely thankful for the mountains of diapers that were against her wall. And I think that's the same thing for each and every one of us. It's about perspective. It's about understanding that the gifts that we receive up front, unless we have gratitude, we will take those gifts for granted. It's what we do. Because we don't have the fullness of understanding of why we received the gift in the first place. This is what Moses knew. Moses said, and he knew, this is why in, in verse 10 he says, When you've eaten and are satisfied, after you have consumed and received the gift, praise the Lord your God for the good he has given you. Because Moses knew this for the children of Israel and for ourselves, things that we need to learn, that if we don't know how to turn the blessings we receive into praise, it'll turn into pride in our hearts. And pride is the biggest enemy of gratitude because we, we think we deserve it. We think we've earned it. So the very first level, if you want to start practicing gratitude in your life, if you want to start practicing thankfulness in your life, then just start saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you for this, Lord. Anything that you receive, any good gift, even if it's not what you originally intended, because of naivety or whatever it is that was going on in my mind when I was scanning crazy technology for Henley, before she was born, but instead received diapers. Start saying, Lord, thank you. It's not natural for us to want to do this, but it is basic. This is the kitty table foundational level of gratitude that we all have to start off with. Then the second thing is this. Now, maybe you may be saying to yourself, all right, Blake, that's cool. Like, I say the blessing every day as I'm praying for food, and I really, really appreciate that. You know, I, I thank God for the things that I have. I thank him for a healthy family. I thank him that I have a job. I thank him. You know, I really am grateful for those things. That's incredible. That's incredible. That is a foundational level of gratitude. But what happens when life isn't so good? What happens when life isn't great? It's really hard to give thanks then. It's really, really hard to be grateful when times don't look that good. And I get it. Because for each and every one of us, we feel emotionally what gratitude is like. When that moment, whenever something really good happens and you just have an overwhelming sense of gratitude, 
we like to base our gratitude and our thankfulness off those moments. But what the Lord is teaching us here today is that gratitude isn't about how we feel. It's not about the things that we receive even. It's about a mindset and an action that we have. And so if we go forward in scripture, there's another character that I want to introduce to you. You probably know him. His name's David. And David writes these psalms, right? David is going through the midst of all this crazy time. And there is a moment where he writes a psalm that we all know, we've all heard at some point in our life. It's Psalms 23. Psalm 23. This is the second level of gratitude that we can get to when we focus in on the Lord, when we focus in on who he is and what he has done for us. It's thank you even though. Thank you even though. It's not just thank you for the. Thank you for the things that you've given me. Thank you for the good gifts that I have received. Thank you for the provision. All of that's great, but that's foundation. That's just basic. Here's the second level that David gets to, and he's calling all of us to as well. Thank you even though. Read in Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I love that. I love that because David, I think we need to understand a little bit about who he was and what he was going through in this moment. Here is King David writing the Psalms, but he wasn't always just King David. In fact, he was the lowly shepherd boy, the son who was the youngest out of many, many brothers who was out keeping sheep in a hillside. It was the same David that while he was keeping sheep, he was facing lions and bears. These were things that were coming up against him. He was very familiar of what it looked like to be in the valley of the shadow of death. He knew what it looked like. There were seasons where he was trapped in caves, hiding from his enemies. How could he possibly be thankful for a God who gave him those opportunities, who put him in those situations? How could he be possibly be thankful for that? It's because he knew this, that when we start to move from just thank you for the things that you've given me, and we start to move into even though I am thankful Praising God in the presence of your enemies develops focus. Praising God in the presence of all the things that would go against you develops focus. This is what gratitude does. We don't understand this because we stay in this place of thank you for the, where our mindset is really on the gift. But David makes a shift here that we all need to make about thankfulness. It's not about the gift, it's about the giver. And so when we can start to say, thank you, even though I'm going through these things, thank you, even though my life is falling apart, thank you, even though COVID is ravaging my family, thank you, even though I haven't been able to go to work in three weeks, thank you, even though it fixes our focus, because our focus isn't on the problem anymore, it's not on the presence of our enemies, but it is on the who God is and the presence that he is in in our lives. That's what even though is, because it says, Right here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because then he makes the shift right here. For you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is what God wants to do for you today. He wants to help you see that it's not just about the things that you receive. I love that that line that he says about you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Think about this. You're sitting at a table, Thanksgiving meal, 
and the Lord is sitting in front of you and you've got people all around you, people that would want to see you fall, situations in your life. But where's your focus? Where's your focus if you're to write this? It says, you prepare a table before me in the midst of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies, you do. I'm looking eyes with my Savior. I'm locking eyes with the Lord. I'm locking eyes with the one who loves me. Everything else is chaos around me. COVID is driving the world crazy. 2020 has been a wild year. But I'm thankful even though all of this is going on around me because I'm looking at the one who prepares my table. I'm looking at the one who prepares my table. I'm not looking at what's being prepared. Do you see the shift? It's not about the gift. It's about the giver. Now, there's one more level, and it's one that, man, if I'm being straight up honest with you, it's one I'm not very good at, and I'm hardly ever get there. I don't even know if I've actually gotten there because I don't think that my life has had this moment where it's been this crazy. But there is one person that we can look at whose life has. It's not just thank you for the things that we've received or thank you even though bad things are happening around me. Here is the final level of gratitude, one that blows me away every time I talk about it. Thank you because of. Thank you because of the pain. Thank you because of the hurt. Thank you because of the bad situation. That's crazy. How in the world can we ever possibly get to this level? Let's look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Now, one thing you got to know right here is when Paul is writing this letter to the people of Philippi, he's sitting in jail. He's literally in chains in prison in a Roman jail, and he's writing this letter. And what's going on is there's a bunch of other people that aren't in jail right now that are going and using this vacuum of leadership in the church. Paul is now in prison, and the only way that he can communicate is through letters. And so all of these other people are going around, and they're presenting the gospel, and they're going, and they're preaching Jesus, and it's really cool. But they're doing it for personal gain because they know that Paul's out of the picture right now. So it's, it's now my chance to be the, number, the top dog in the church, to be the number one guy in the church. And so here's what he says. This is Paul's response to him being in chains while other people are stealing the limelight and using the gospel as a platform to gain Notoriety. Check this out. He says this in verse 17 and 18. The former, the people we were just talking about, preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But I love verse 18. Check this out. It says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of that, because of that, I rejoice. What Paul is saying here is like, hey, look, yes, there are people that are going out and preaching the gospel and trying to get in their own name in the headlights. And I, here I am in jail. I am locked down in chains. But what does it matter? Because in all of it, Christ is preached. In all of the things that are going on, because of what is happening to my life and those around me and the situation I'm in, because of it, I rejoice. That's a crazy place to get to, y'all. But it is so good because Paul is in a place right here where he says, hey, look, anything that happens to me, he says it in Scripture, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. 
because of the things, because of what I have received in Christ, no situation, no circumstance, no obstacle or difficulty in my life can stop the joy that I have in Jesus, the gratitude that I have in God because of who he is. It's not because of the things that I have, the things that I don't have. Instead, it's even though all of that stuff is surrounding me, I'm going to take it to another level of gratitude and say, God, because of the situation I'm in right now, I give you glory. Because of what's happening to me right now, I am rejoicing and I am thankful. Because he knows that everything that happens to us ultimately gives God glory and it's for our good. Romans 8.28 says this, For this we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's me and you today too, church. That's us. God gives us good gifts and we can be grateful for those but it's not an emotion. It's not a feeling that we receive to be thankful. It's a moment where we say, and we choose to be thankful. We choose to have gratefulness. We choose to have gratitude because that starts to fix our focus and everything else that's happening around us in 2020 and all the COVID stuff and whatever may be going on in your life today, it begins to fade away whenever we start to realize that the glory of God surrounds us. And we start to have gratefulness towards that. It fixes our focus to where every situation in our life no longer has hold on our emotions. Because our, our feelings, they follow. They follow. It's the caboose of the train. It's not the engine. And when we make gratefulness and gratitude to the thing that God has done for us and what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that becomes the engine and our feelings start to follow. Watch this in your life. In the midst of every situation, if you start to say, God, I give you praise, even if you can't start with because of, just thank you for the things that I do have. Thank you for the things that I do have in the midst of this craziness. And then graduate up into, thank you even though I'm going through this. Thank you for your goodness even though I'm in the midst of my enemies. Thank you for everything that you have done even though I am surrounded by anxiety and worry and depression and whatever it is you may be facing. Thank you even though because I know you're still good. And then ultimately, God, thank you because of this. Because of what I have faced, because of what I am facing, many people are going to come to know you through the story that you've given me. That's what Paul says. That's what he teaches us. So that's the challenge for you today. It's the challenge for me is that in every situation, give thanks. Let's teach our kids to do the same thing. It's not about the things that they receive. We don't just say, thank you for the things that I have, but thank you that you are good in spite of my circumstances. Thank you that you are good because you're going to leverage this moment for your glory and for my good. Not just the good things, not just the bad things, not just the difficult things or the hard things. But all things work for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I want to leave you with one story. It's one that has impacted me for years ever since I first heard it. And it kind of puts so perfectly into this moment of what it looks like to have faith and to be thankful and have gratitude because of the situation. There was a man named Horatio Spafford in the 1800s who lived in Chicago with his family, his wife and his four little girls. And they were there when the Great Chicago Fire happened, and luckily their house didn't have much damage, but instead of keeping his family there during all the craziness, he actually sent them over to England on a ship. And Horatio said, y'all go ahead of us, ahead of me. I'm gonna stay here in Chicago, and you go on to England and be with who, where her family was, and 
I'll meet you guys in a couple of months whenever I get everything wrapped up. And so they did. His wife and his four girls boarded a ship and they began to cross the ocean. About halfway through their journey, the ship that they were on collided with another ship in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and the ship went down. And the only one rescued from that family was the mother. The four little girls were captured by the sea. And when the mother continued on to England, she got back and she telegraphed Horatio the news of what had happened. And the telegraph said simply this, saved alone, I of course am in despair. And as soon as Horatio received this telegraph, he came and immediately boarded the next ship over the Atlantic to go meet his wife who was, so that he could console her, so that he could be with her, feeling like he was literally an ocean apart from her grief. And so he boards the ship and he crosses the, the sea and they get back to the place where the ship where his daughters were on and his wife were on had sank. And the captain comes up to Horatio and he says, Horatio, I just wanna let you know this spot right here is where your daughters went down with the ship. And so Horatio goes out to the front of the bow of the ship and he leans over and he looks at the water. It was calm on this day. And he looks down and he feels this overwhelming sense that God was calling him to write something down. And so he takes out a piece of paper out of his pocket and he had a little pen that he had with him and he began to write the things that were on his heart, the decision that he had made years ago to follow God as a believer came culminated in this moment. He said these words as he wrote them down. He said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. This is what Horatio wrote on that day. The hymn that we all sing over and over and over again was written at the bow of a ship as he was looking down at where his little girls had met Jesus that day. And he continued on into England and it began to take fire and spread across the countryside, made its way back to America where we still sing it to this day. But Horatio knew in that moment that what God had called him to was to a life of gratitude because of the things that had happened to him. Is it fair? No, it's not fair. But is God still good? Yes. And so whatever your lot, the Lord is teaching you to say today, it is well, it is well with my soul. Come on, let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for you. And we don't understand all the things that you've brought into our lives or that you've allowed into our lives. We know that you're a good God. We believe that. But sometimes, Lord, life is tough. Life is hard, and we don't understand why we have to face the things that we face. But God, even though we have to face them, we pray that you would continue to teach us what gratitude looks like, that you would make a way for us in the midst of our battles, that you would prepare a place for us in the presence of our enemies, and that ultimately because of the things that we faced in our lives, that many people would come to know, love, and follow you. Help instill a great sense of thanksgiving, of gratefulness in our lives, that one that is not originated in us, but a supernatural level of gratitude for who you are and what you've done for us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and died on a cross for us. It's the only reason that we can have gratitude is because we can look towards the cross and know that the greatest love that we could have ever received happened there thousands of years ago. 
be with us now. Teach us to love. Teach us to be thankful and not follow our feelings, but lean into the decision to be grateful for the things that you've given us, even though we're in the midst of our storms, but ultimately because of everything we go through in life, that you are going to get the glory and it's for our good. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.